We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Tons going on in the world of the NBA, even if there is actually no basketball today, because today is the day to get out and vote. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, let's start there. What are your thoughts on, on this policy by the NBA making today, Election Day, a no games day in order to encourage people to go vote rather than get distracted by, say, basketball or something? Yeah, I think it's great. I, I think it's a little odd because for the vast majority of people, by the time they would be interested in a basketball game, it would already be like the polling voting. places are closed. Yeah, yeah, would be over for the day. Um, but I get it, right? It's they're they're doing everything they can to support people voting. I, it's funny how many people have come out and like been critical of this, and it's like no one should be critical of anything that encourages folks to vote like because they're not saying vote one way or another right. i'm fine if people want to read between the lines and look for hidden messages and everything else it's going to happen anyway but yeah they just want people to vote so i, I think it's great i uh had a lot of fun with last night you know you know everybody playing and games every 15 minutes how nice was it too that like games started like basically when they listed time was like on there. that was bizarre yeah, amazing, i couldn't believe right? like i was shocked when that <laughs> happened that that even made me uh, like a minute or two late for my live stream of the game because i went i i turned it on i went what do you mean they're playing already it's not <laughs> normally it's what seven or eight minutes after the listed start yep. time when they yep. actually start the game and or, they were already somewhere like a minute between into 15 it. minutes and three hours on an espn game that that is also true <laughs> yes <laughs> Well, man, if you if you were two minutes late, you might have missed the the best part of the Lakers. I I probably did at that <laughs> at that point. Um, that was yeah. my goodness. The Utah Jazz cannot miss a shot. They just they have forgotten how to miss. They just hit and hit and hit everything, even long yep. contested jumpers. Doesn't matter. Everything is dropping. Um, incredible stuff for them. But let's get into the the news around the NBA here, and let's start. We spent last show on so much negative stuff. I want to get. Kind of the the lone negative story. Well, okay, we've got two of them, I suppose, uh, out of the way, and that that's Cam Johnson, uh, a meniscus trim, and so he's going to be out for one to two months with that. There were some people that were questioning, like, why did they go with a meniscus trim instead of a repair? But I've seen this idea floating around that maybe this was just this specific injury. This is what it required because sometimes there's a sense that if you just do a trim, yes, the player gets back earlier, but is there a greater risk for future injury? And that's kind of what teams weigh in this situation and i've seen a pushback against that in this situation with with people saying well you know what this might have just been the best 
course of action period, long-term and short-term, and not necessarily the team prioritizing short-term over long-term. Yeah, exactly. They, they, uh, in street clothes on Twitter at yes. in street clothes. That's Jeff Stotts. Uh, he's one of the best injury people to follow um, that you can find. And he said, uh, you know, a, a meniscectomy, um, which is when they, they trim uh, the meniscus may have been the only option based on the location of the tear. And then he went on to explain, you know, Johnson should be able to make it back this season. And that's, that is very common with, with meniscus injuries. Sometimes where it's torn, the type of tear that's happened a lot of times, the, the trim or the shave or whatever you want to call it is best uh, versus the actual full repair Full repair. Like we saw with Colin Sexton, that likely would have kept Johnson out for the rest of the season um, at this point or very, very close to it. Um, it, but the trim allows guys to get back quicker, but there can be some long-term problems as well. Meniscus surgeries are very tricky uh, just in general. Um, so, yeah, we're hopeful that Cam Johnson gets past this because the Suns need him. And this is contract year for Cam Johnson. So I kind of wonder if the Suns were – I don't think at all they influenced him one way or the other. It was probably like, here's what the doctors are saying. But mm -hmm. I wonder if there's an understanding of like, okay, we're we're gonna take care of you. You know, you you do what whatever the doctors advise you to do um to get this taken care of, but we, we got you on the back end contract wise. And that's that's the right thing to do. Absolutely. That's the right thing to do. You know, you're yep. you're concerned about the player's long term well being. And yep. if this is the correct course of action, then you do that. It shouldn't be a Hey, get back out here as quickly as possible sure. because you've got another contract on the line, especially if the if the team is looking at the player as a long term piece for them. That's what, what Kim Johnson certainly is. Yeah, um, is there any I mean, I know this question has been out there. Jay Crowder with Kim Johnson now out. Is there any way do you mend the fences at all or is that has that ship completely sailed? Yeah, I mean, I want to say that ship has sailed, but we've seen a couple times guys come back in the last couple of years where it was like, well, this guy's done there. He's never mm -hmm. going to play another game. And then the next thing you know, it's like, all right, we're going to bring him back into the fold, and here we go. So I, I tend to think probably not. I do wonder if maybe this heightens the, hey, let's get a trade done kind of decision-making. So let's say Johnson, my guess is probably the two months is the, the more um, – likely occurrence here versus the one month that they're saying that he could miss. If it's two months, that's the beginning part of January. So we'll already be past the December 15th early trade, you know, window opening there. So I wonder if the, the Suns are going to start getting stuff lined up here. And this might be one of those where Phoenix has a deal in place. And then we hear about it like on December 15th when somebody else may be trade eligible and they're able to get, get that deal made and it, that, that's where it goes. So I, I'm going to guess we don't see Jay Crowder again in a Suns uniform, but it wouldn't entirely shock me if all of a sudden it was like, hey, we're going to bring him back into the fold and, and play and go from there. We'll see. I mean, different sport, but it seemed like Cam Akers was completely banished from the Rams yeah. and now suddenly he's getting snaps from them. So, I mean... Yeah, you, you never know, I suppose. Uh, last other you know, negative injury news we've got here. Pascal Siakam, big blow for the Raptors yeah. out indefinitely with an adductor strain. Um, I mean, what do you what do you do here if you're if you're the Raptors? You just you just have to kind of keep moving on as best you can. Right. There's not a yep. there's not necessarily a, a resulting move that you can make to fix this situation. No, definitely not. And they're not going to panic in, in anything. They've got enough depth to get by. I think their biggest challenge is Pascal Siakam was, in effect, their backup 
point guard Mm -hmm. behind Fred Van Vliet. They run a ton of the offense through him. Also, Scotty Barnes. And Van Vliet's been nicked up this season uh, already and and in the past years as well. So one of the things you don't want to do here if you're Toronto is – you don't want to push Van Vliet to play through anything just because they were really shorthanded at the ball handler position. You just, you'll put more on Scotty Barnes plate, uh, Delano Banton, give him some more reps, maybe go to Malachi Flynn. Maybe this is where you look to, all right, hey, Ken Birch, do we really need him with the emergence of Christian Coloco? We've got Chris Boucher and all these other players that we have that can play up front. Maybe you look at making a trade there uh, to go get another point guard if there's a team that's kind of like, hey, we could use a big, just, you know, you kind of, you know, moving pieces around for better fits and need to fill needs. Maybe that happens. But yeah, I think for now, it's. I think you just roll, uh, you know, with what you got. If you're Toronto, maybe make a small deal if it looks like this is something that could linger. But you know, probably going to get through the next three, four weeks, and then you know, you're, you're probably fine. So you've got from one situation with with the Raptors, you've got an injury that is, you know, could potentially set the team back. They've been playing very, very well. Uh, jumping over to an, a player who could be looking to make a return, Jonathan Isaac returns to five on five action. Now I'd assume that doesn't mean he's getting back on the court next week or anything like that for Orlando, but this is still good news for a guy who has not played in a long, long time and has so much upside and so much potential if and when he can get back out on the floor. Yeah, this is insert the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, meme, right? That's a name I haven't heard in a long time, (laughs) Um, right? It's it. I mean, he hasn't played since the bubble. He got hurt in the bubble. Second game in the bubble is the last time we saw Jonathan Isaac play. So it's been well over two years now since since we've seen him. So it's a. It's let's see. I mean, obviously Orlando is in no rush to to. Uh, force him to play any earlier than need be and until he's ready they've got nothing but bigs uh literally they, they don't have any guards other than Jalen Suggs really that are healthy on the roster right now so um yeah my guess is you know let's see what this looks like I do kind of think the emergence of Bull Bull and mm-hmm. he's playing very well for the Magic may push this to a position of all right let's get Jonathan Isaac back on the floor let's give him 10 to 15 minutes a night let him kind of show what he can do, and then let's see if we can get a team interested by a trade um, to to go. Remember, he's got that kind of weird uh, contract now, where only it's only partially guaranteed the next couple of seasons because he didn't hit games played thresholds early on. So that could be something where a team could say, "Yeah, you know, hey, well, we'll take him in," and it's it's not a not a no risk, but a low risk flyer. Uh, for a team, especially if they need a big and in somebody you can defend. But at this point, I think you're just like, I don't even know what to expect when this guy plays again, because it's been over two years now. And it's not easy to jump right back into NBA basketball, the speed, just the pace of the yep. game, the physicality, all, like it's going to be a major adjustment for him. So again, I'm not saying he's, he's back like tomorrow or anything like that. And it should be, he should be given enough leeway to truly ramp up and, and get going and get back out there and, and, you know, that's to deal with what he's dealt with over the last couple of years is certainly not easy. And so rooting for him, hopefully he is able to get back and make a return, regardless of what the Magic ultimately decide to do with him. Uh, your Celtics got a disabled player exception uh, from Danilo Gallinari. What are they going to do with it? Yeah, my, my guess is nothing. My guess is uh, they, they, they probably won't use this in the end. I We'll see. Right. It's one of those things where I think what happens here with this disabled player exception is 
this is about giving yourself options and putting, I literally wrote this for Celtics blog. So I'm kind of plagiarizing myself here, but it's about putting tools in your toolbox, right? It, mm-hmm. it, you, why not? It, it hurts you nothing to get this. I had a lot of people ask, well, this means Gallinari's definitely out for the season. Can't come back. Nope. Doesn't mean that if he is able to get back before the end of the year, highly unlikely, but if he was, well, you got lucky and he's back. Like it doesn't mean anything with that. Um, it's $3.2 million, so slightly above the veteran minimum amount. Now, what is important is in January, the veteran minimum will start to prorate. Uh, well, it prorates by day, but all other exceptions will prorate as well. Um, so everybody is sitting on like leftover MLE money or mm-hmm. room exception or whatever. Those will start to prorate. For the Celtics, this does not prorate. This stays whole until March 10th. So they would be able to potentially in buyout season because it it expires roughly a month after the trade deadline. They would be able to outbid a couple teams by saying, hey, we can offer the full $3.2 million if the player really wants that. So we'll we'll see where that goes um, with this. So I I don't – my guess is they probably don't use it, but maybe, you know, could also make trade – it's easier, a little easier to pull off if it was, hey, the team's got to send $3 million extra out and mm-hmm. Boston didn't have a way to get it. All right, well, we could take the player into the, the disabled player exception. couple rules. If you really want an in-depth breakdown, people can read my piece on Celtics blog um, about this. It is can be only used for one player. Player has to be on an ending contract if they're traded for or claimed off waiver. So they have to contract basically expiring deal uh, and options don't count in that. So you have to truly be on an expiring contract and the player. um, If you go to sign a player, it can only be for the remainder of this season. So Celtics had one of these for Gordon Hayward a few years back. They used it um, actually on trade deadline day after they couldn't make a trade to use it. They used it to sign Greg Monroe for the rest of the season. So maybe they do something we'll see right now. Boston doesn't have an open roster spot and a disabled player exception is a cap signing exception. It is not a roster exception. You do not get an extra roster spot with this. So the, the usefulness of it is somewhat limited, but yes, again, the cost of, it's, of the getting small it is, amount is nothing. Too. Yeah. yeah, for only $3.2 million. Right. All right, let's jump over to uh, to my Lakers. <laughs> what what do they do here, Keith? They are 2-8 and eight on the season right now, and there's a lot of question marks around them. In fact, some w- rumors that were swirling yesterday about, you know, might they put Anthony Davis on the trade market? So from a, a cap perspective, what does this team do moving forward here? When I look ahead at how much cap room they'll have next summer, I don't see enough to really build out a full team alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis, even assuming that you let pretty much everybody else walk away. So where do the Lakers go? Is their best bet to just stay the course and, and try to preserve draft capital for next year and make a trade next summer? Is it trying to do something right now? There's a lot of Lakers fans saying, do something now. This team is drowning. Throw them a life preserver. What are you? What's your take from an outside perspective? Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, it. A lot of the, the conversations we've had as it pertains to Russell Westbrook, they, they those are still true, right? We yeah. we wouldn't necessarily. Nothing changes there. It's it's hard for the Lakers really have three truly tradable salaries, and they're all the three big salaries. With the caveat of LeBron James, despite what you might have heard on 
a few of the talking head shows. He's not, they can't trade him this year. He cannot be traded um, because of, you know, when he signed his extension and, and the uh, mechanisms with which he signed his extension, he is not trade eligible this season. So that really leaves Davis or Westbrook. If you're trying to return anything of true value, right? So that turns into, all right, well then that means Davis, a little bit of a different story than Westbrook, obviously. So, for me, I am closer to the point of just ride it out because I don't know what trade you're making that is really going to fix everything. Unless unless you get completely blown away by a team that says, hey, everything you gave up for Anthony Davis, we want to give you something similar to that in a package. Because then now what you've done is you've wiped $40 million for next year off your books. Now you basically have LeBron because – yeah, Max Christie counts it as 1.7 million, but you could very easily dump that sure. at, with no problem. And Somebody it's not would, a huge deterrent from the move either. Like even it, if you kept them, it's 1.7 million. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, if you if <laughs> I'm not trying to be backdoor my way into a snarky joke against the Lakers front office, but if you can't work around 1.7 million dollars, you don't deserve your jobs, right? I mean that's the reality. So I would say though, with this this whole situation is I much like I've said, I don't know that I trade Russ in both picks. Cause I don't know that there's a trade right now today that fixes this mm-hmm. and is worth sacrificing cap space into the future for um, Davis. That one's harder. You'd have to really be saying, all right, LeBron, we're, we're, we're blowing it up. We're going to rebuild around you and as much flexibility as we have because that's basically all you've got left at that point would be LeBron James next year. And it's hard because to your point, $30 million of cap space sounds great, but that's not even enough for a max deal. It's not even enough for a max deal for a guy coming off a rookie scale contract. So that's where it gets really hard is that 30 million might be better spent for just the way the Lakers are built right now. 10 million a piece on three different guys yeah. versus throwing 30 million all at one player. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. They're, they're in a very, very tough spot. Well, and then even if you do that, you're talking about LeBron AD, three guys at 10 million a piece, mm-hmm. that's five players. And then the rest of your roster is essentially veteran minimums with the exception of, uh, well, not uh, that different than now. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like that's the problem right now is yeah. that they don't have any depth because they continue to just sign guys to one year veteran minimum deals. And the only way to really break that cycle is to get cap space and therefore sign longer term deals and be able to get bird mm-hmm. rights for players and then eventually exceed the cap. But without being able to have bird rights on some of these guys, you're stuck in this perpetual cycle of, oh, okay, here you go. Here's here's the spotlight for you, Malik Monke. You've been a great value this year. Oh, but we can't keep you, right? Yeah. And, and so you're going to get stuck in, in that situation. And, and this is very much, you know, hindsight 2020 stuff. But last summer, even re-signing... I don't know, Avery Bradley. I'm just going to throw him out there because that's my guy. Even if they had re-signed Avery Bradley to another minimum, at least you would have had then his his bird rights. And you could have then signed him to a contract as part of one of those. It's almost, I I call it almost a fake contract as part of a sign-in trade where you give him $10 million fully guaranteed in year one. And then the next two years are non-guaranteed. But you're giving them $10 million to be part of salary matching in this, right. in this trade to, you know, T max, that's going to return us a guy. They didn't do a very good job with flipping salary slots forward over the last couple of years, because they did the 
the almost the full reset of the roster two two off seasons ago around the kind of their big guys. Then this off season, it was again almost a full reset. Player talent wise, totally get it right. It, that wasn't necessarily the mistake because the guys on last year's roster. I mean, look at how many of them remained unsigned sure. deep into the summer. Yeah. Even some of them, we're going to talk about one of them. He just landed a job, and it's not in the NBA. It's um, not in the U.S. But, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, not even, not even in this half of the world. But it's the, it's, and, and this is a cold-hearted, callous, math-driven way to think about it. But he had to. It would have been good for just take a couple of those spots. Don't think of them as as the players. You got to think of it as the salary slot, and what could we create and turn that into? And that that's where they have not done a good job is around the edges because we've seen teams be super top heavy before, um, roster wise, but then bat, rebalance and rebalance and rebalance. They they hit, and, and I I did misspeak a little bit. Patrick Beverly's contract could be a very yes. tradable deal, of course, but expiring. Yeah, that's but you know that's only going to go so far. Get what you do. I my thing is. This AD stuff becomes super interesting to me because I I don't know that it is likely, or let me rephrase. I know it's not likely that he gets traded, but I don't I wouldn't say there's a zero percent chance. It's it's definitely a non-zero chance sure. that if they say, hey, our own no one's doing anything for us. So our only way out of this without trading our draft picks is to trade AD. And that allows us the quickest way to free up roster flexibility, plus add some draft capital, probably add in a couple younger players too, that maybe we can keep or we can retrade um, down the line. That's probably your only way out of this right now if you're the Lakers. And that's, that's tough because it was right. We were all sold on AD is the, he's going to be the next guy right Right. after LeBron. He's the next guy, but and I don't know that it's would be the wrong thing to do too. Cause what's your confidence level? You're the Lakers guy. What's your confidence level? You're ever going to see AD play. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 60 or more healthy games. Yeah, that's, the that's just it. That's part of the Well, that, that's part of the problem because we've been, this is what we heard was that going into the season, the Lakers wanted to find out could AD be their one, a guy, right? They wanted to have some sort of clarity on that because based on 2020, the answer was 100%. Yes. The next two seasons, not so much. They were concerned, not just with his injury status, but with what he's done when he's been healthy on the floor. And so far this season, like he's been really good defensively, but I think that's fair to continue to have those questions. Is he really a one, a guy? 
And if the answer is is ultimately no, if that's what they land at, then you kind of need to figure out something moving forward, whether it's you you trade him or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Russell Westbrook situation complicates everything that much further yeah, in, yeah. A, in a good way. He's been, look, he's been good this season. He's been better than we saw last season. It's actually been kind of fun. The LA fans are getting, have been getting behind him and everything. It's been a, a complete reversal from what we saw last year. So that's been good. But then the question becomes, well, okay, but now if you trade Russell Westbrook for a wing and a, and a big, or, you know, if you trade Russell Westbrook for Josh Richardson and Yaka Pertle or, or something like that, right? How much better are you actually getting? Even if you're getting better fitting pieces, because Russ now isn't a net neutral value on the floor or maybe even a mm-hmm. negative value on the floor. Now he's actually giving you positive play. So that changes your trade calculus as well. And maybe pushes you towards, well, do you trade a Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nahn? Do you try to find something else? So they're in such a tough spot. I think big picture what you have to do is if you're going to do something, if you're not convinced that whatever you're doing is going to help you win right now, there's a lot of fans out there that are saying, do something and do something now because it's painful right now and understandable. If you're going to do something right now, whatever that something is has to help you next season, season after it can't just be a, this season move unless you're convinced 100% that what you're getting is going to be enough. And I don't know that that's out there. No, completely agree. And that's where I think the idea, at least of AD could be our way to get out of this. Even if that means we're sacrificing one of the better players in the league when fully healthy, then maybe that's what you have to do. Sometimes that is what you have to do, right? You have to make, make that call, that, that call. Now, what I will say is I know there's a lot of people who are like, but they can't tank. They don't own their pick because the Pelicans have the swaps. That's sunk cost. Doesn't matter. Right. It does like you can't be making decisions around well, we might give the Pelicans a really great pick. Oh, well, if you do, you do. I think the way the Nets, when Sean Marks took over and it was, this is a mess. Like they like, but you know what? It's a mess and all those picks are gone. And I don't remember he said these exact words, but he basically said them in a very early on press conferences. I don't want to talk about the draft picks anymore. We can't do anything about it. They're gone. All I can do is take us from where we are now. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the Lakers, because of the presence of LeBron, I don't know that you can basically say, we're going to bottom this thing out, fully restart, and we're going to start signing you know, a ton of randos off the street. <laughs> now you could say, well, that's kind of what's happened the last two off seasons anyway. But you, you, you can't necessarily do that with LeBron, but you, can't, you could do a modified version where it is, Forget that that pick is gone. Doesn't matter anymore. Who cares if the, you know, yeah, it sucks if it turns into one of the top three or four guys in the draft, but it is what it is. We have to start building for every season beyond this. Mm-hmm. And that may be the way. And, and then, you know what? Then I trust that at this point in their relationship, the Lakers and LeBron can sit down going into the summertime and say, what do you want to do? Right. You want to be here? Do you not want to be here? If you, if you don't want to be here because we're kind of hitting a reset and you don't want to go through that, guess what? He's still LeBron James, even though finally we are seeing he is slowing down. There's 29 teams are at least going to make a phone call and say, all right, hey, what's it look like to trade for LeBron? Right. You know, and that's, it, it, you know, so you, it, and that's not a, well, LeBron runs the Lakers, you know, snide remark or where I'm going at all because it isn't. You just work with your star player. And 
the Lakers have shown that's what they're they they're pretty good about that, right? They take mm-hmm. care take care of their guys. And the last thing I'll say about this, I've seen way way too much, not so much from Lakers fans, but just in general of that AD trade wasn't worth it. The Lakers, you know, got oh, screwed. Yeah. They blew. They won a championship. That's all that matters. You hung a banner. It's you know, flags fly forever. You won a title. It was all worth it the minute you know that game ended and they, they were crown champions. That's you know that that ship has sailed. That, that you, that's just people wanting then? to celebrate in the in the Lakers struggles. That sure. that's what you're yeah. seeing. They're just like you're seeing people running around saying that Anthony Davis has no trade value. Or we yeah, no, I just, I wouldn't even give up anything for AD. Yeah. He's you know all that kind of stuff. That's just people that are that are mm-hmm. trying to revel in the yeah. Lakers issues that they've it, had for the last couple of seasons. And it, you know that's the way it goes. Sure. Yeah. I mean, right. Yeah. That's part of it. Right. That's part, you know, it's uh, like I like to say, right. The Lakers have the largest and quite often the loudest uh, fans when they're good. And sometimes when they're not good. And part of that comes with, guess what? You're going to get clapped back on when, when you're not very good. You know, people are going to take joy in your struggles and you're, you know, falling down, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, you can't, the, the trade, you could quibble with everything since the title, that's perfectly fine. I have no issue with that. You know, ask a million questions about the direction of the things they've done, but the process to do the AD trade. No, I do it again and again and again and again, even knowing where everything went after. I wouldn't even think twice about it. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to a former Laker here. And I'm in full agreement with you on, on that, by the way, Um, you win a championship. Championships are rare, despite what some people may think. They're very, very hard to to get. And so if you get one, look, every team in the NBA would gladly take a few years of struggles if it means they won one championship. Um, Let's jump over. Let's talk a little bit about Dwight Howard heading to Taiwan. He didn't get a a spot in the NBA this year. So he's going to take his talents to Taiwan to go play basketball over there. You know, I mean, good on Dwight. If he wants to keep playing, then then keep playing, do your thing. And, uh, Look, you never know. Sometimes guys do bounce back into the NBA. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets injured or something like that part of the way through the season. Somebody needs a big. That doesn't happen all the time, but uh, but good on Dwight if this is uh, what he wants to do. Yeah, I am 99% certain this deal that he is signing with the – I'm not going to try to pronounce the city because I, I wouldn't get it right, and I don't want to be disrespectful. Um, they, the Leopards it is the nickname. Uh, this deal he's signing with the Leopards, I'm 99% certain probably has some form of NBA out. And if a team says, you know, Hey, Dwight, you actually look pretty good physically. Cause that's really all, all that will matter. Right. I mean, yeah, if he goes over there and he can't score at all and he looks awful on the court, that would change things, but it doesn't, he could go score 30 points per game in this league and average, you know, 30 points, 20 rebounds and 10 blocks. And everybody be like, yeah, whatever. It's not the NBA. But as long as he looks good physically, you know, you may get a team in, in often the, the overseas leagues end, uh, you know, sometime in March. So there's often, you know, with a month or so to go. So, you know, for Dwight, it's, you know, hey, you know, one, still getting paid to play ball. So that's great. And, you know, if he can step up and show he's you know, worth it, like perfect, you know, then maybe a team will, will throw him another contract and say, hey, we're willing to bring you back. You know, there's very, very little downside to this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So good on Dwight. Hopefully he is able to battle his way back. Uh, Ooh, last yeah, we- now with last year, sorry, last year, before we get into our last super fun topic, <laughs> um, I got to look and see, cause I, I was looking at this the other day, cause there were still quite a few of last year's Lakers hanging out there. That, that, that didn't it's a lot. Carmelo outside. Anthony is still out there. Carmelo, Wayne Ellington, DJ Augustine, Trevor Reza, uh, right. Avery Bradley, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Mason Jones. 
Yeah. So, so few. So I think Mason Jones is playing for the Mexico City G League team. Is he? Yeah. I know that. Yeah, I think so. You, you would know that. <laughs> Did you see that report? I don't think we put that in the show rundown. No. Um, who was it? Let me let me see if I can find it so we can credit who it was. Mark Spears for um Anscape, which is a like division of ESPN, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, wrote that uh make some room, Seattle and Las Vegas. There's some serious competition for NBA expansion in Mexico City, which the league acknowledges really? is exploring through the Capitans. So that's surprising. Yeah. Throw them in the I, I would still have to. I mean, that's that makes it more interesting, right? In terms mm -hmm. of expansion, but I would still have to imagine Vegas and Seattle have got to be the heavy favorites there. My, my guess is that's probably a uh, not this round, but if we do another round later yeah. and we go up to 34 teams, um, then you know, all right, we, we could go to uh, you know, we, we could go to Mexico City and maybe like Vancouver or Montreal and another international city and try try to go. It's funny, I heard a couple people say, like, well, what what if they're gonna do Mexico City, why wouldn't you look at like London or something? It's just still too far. Like, that's the biggest challenge. It's just still too far. I mean, imagine the road trip the West Coast teams would have to take to play a game in London. Like, that's you know, that's great. What's it's gotta be at least 10 hours, I would say, of flight time. Like, that's not not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to happen either, but um, all right. So with that, with the Mexico city situation, I do wonder how much of that is just kind of like a tip of the cap. Like, Hey, you know, things are growing here mm -hmm. and get your name in there. I mean, you never know. Sometimes things change and can shift, but mm -hmm. again, my initial guess would have to be that Seattle and Vegas would still be the prohibitive favorites there, but you want to throw in some other cities as kind of like, Hey, we recognize that, you know, things are growing. In, well, in and ideally, right. It's, uh, Seattle and Vegas, like, uh, hey, it might be four and a half billion now to buy in versus right. four. Oh, there right? you go. Because you know that that we can always go somewhere else. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So it's a, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna bring in some major franchise fees when they do this. Big time. All right, let's wrap things up with the Kyrie Irving situation. So just to kind of re up everybody on where we're at. Um, the Brooklyn Nets suspended Kyrie. We talked about this last show, five games minimum without pay. Uh, and there were six requirements, according to Shams Tarani, that, that Kyrie had to had to meet. Mm -hmm. um, and those requirements were he had to apologize and condemn the film that he promoted, uh, make a 500,000 donation to anti-hate causes, complete sensitivity training, complete anti-Semitism training, meet with the ADL and Jewish leaders, and meet with team owner Joe Tsai to demonstrate an understanding of the situation. So those are the six requirements. But now we're getting news that the NBPA might actually, of which Kyrie is the vice president of, um, one of a the vice, vice presidents, president. a vice president, um, may appeal Kyrie's suspension. So where does this whole thing go from here? This is just a twisting, turning road here with the Kyrie Irving situation. Yeah, I mean, at this point, well, he's either two or three games into it already. Mm -hmm. So if they're going to appeal it, it's probably just to get a money back, right? Because it's not like like you couldn't go back and say, well, we need to replay those games. Like that would never be a thing. So if it so if it is five games, by the way, I, looking at the schedule, I think he would return against my Lakers if it's only five games, because of course that would be. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is in no way an endorsement of Kyrie Irving in the things he, he has done since he shared that link. This is the MBPA doing what the MBPA's job is. Yeah. It is to stick up for their constituents, for their union members to basically say, 
hey, we can't just have teams suspending guys for because they didn't like something that they expressed thought in. Because you have to, I get it, right? Conspiracy theory guy jumps all the way to what happens when somebody says they like the color green instead of the color blue, sure. like, right? And then it becomes, are they going to suspend them? And it's like, all right, well, you had to go from here to 5 million miles from here, right? It's just, let's breathe. This is more just a, hey, we don't want to set precedent here. You know, what are we doing? Where are we at? The conditions you're putting upon him, Maybe I've seen a lot of people suggest they see maybe a little bit, bit much, but we'll see. I mean, supposedly he's meeting with Adam Silver today. Um, we have not heard yet any of the stuff out of that. I'm, I'm certain we will. And it's only going to be a matter of time. Uh, what comes out of that meeting? Um, there are some people, very credible people. I mean, you don't have to do much of a Google search to find it who have said this might be it. We might not see Kyrie again. He may say, you know what? I'm not going to do do this. I don't want to do this. I don't believe I should have to. And then that's when the MBPA really wants to get involved because now it's now one of their their members is losing a job. You know, over right. Yeah, it's it's tough because I think what he did is abhorrent. I don't agree with it. We've already talked that over and over and over again. It is. It I said all along like. It shouldn't be a year-long suspension. You certainly shouldn't lose you know, all rights to play basketball, I don't believe. But it is, you know, I don't, I don't, I also don't know that the things the Nets asked him to do are all that crazy, like of an idea. Maybe the biggest one, honestly, for me is the saying you must donate five hundred thousand dollars. Like that's a little hard because, in a sense, that's almost like a fine. And that right. is you can't find players that much money. You're not allowed to in one single transgression under the CBA. So I thought Jalen Brown put it really, really well. What he said was, yeah, we may appeal this because I think that's where a lot of this appeal is coming from. The appeal word is, but he basically said, look, we're all kind of making it up as we go here because we've never had anything like this before. And I think that's really important to, to make sure we know is nobody knows. Cause there's not a, there's not a handbook to point to, to say, well, that's it. There we go. Like there's not a, you know, uh, one of these where it's, you know, well, you bumped a referee. So that's a one game suspension. Like there's not, this doesn't exist within this scenario. They really are figuring it out on the fly. Right. Yeah. It's something that they're going to have to try to sort through in the moment. You know, I mean, the, the NBA has praised players in the past for being outspoken about social issues and about all, all sorts of things. So mm-hmm. the, the, the dangerous part is, is what we're seeing here, where if you're praising players for being outspoken, at some point, you're going to run into a player who says something that that might be offensive that you don't agree with, and then you yeah. have to handle the situation. And so that's that's what they're you know going through now. Yep. Uh, yeah. Exactly. No, that's exactly spot spot on. We we are. Uh, yeah. It is. Um. Yeah. That that that. Yeah. That, that's. Yeah. I mean, you're you're on it. I. I don't, I don't know why I'm stumbling so much. I just don't have anything to add. <laughs> I struggle when I'm speechless. I'm, I'm so rarely in that position, but yeah, no, perfect. Well, we'll have to see how all of this, how all of this plays out, how the NBA handles the situation, because like you said, it could set precedent for future situations uh, moving forward. And, mm-hmm. and we'll see exactly where, where that goes. Yep. All right. But that's, uh, that's a bit about it for us today again. And then uh, tomorrow we'll get back to NBA action and, See what happens uh, as this this season unfolds. Some crazy storylines throughout the season already. So interesting stuff there. Especially and, in the uh, standings. 
Oh my gosh, I know. You look at like the Spurs, you look at the understand. Jazz, you look at I mean yeah. the Pacers. I mean, just craziness happening abound. And yeah, it's been a wild season already. You can only imagine what's coming up next. Can't wait. Yep. All right, everybody. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. And of course, over on the podcast side, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.